Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. How many have been enjoying kind of like this theme of talking about eliminating striving, religious, religiosity, that striving, that religious hamster wheel that is not what Christianity is all about. Can you say amen? And uh, we have been discussing the parallels between the prodigal son, the story um, of the compassionate father in Luke 15, and it's a parable that Jesus gives. Uh, the, the Pharisees and, and scribes are actually asking a question, and they're like, why do you hang out with sinners, Jesus? You receive them and you eat with them. And uh, they're questioning his doctrine and how he views sin and people. And then Jesus gives these three parables uh, that are just incredible. And, and one of them is about the prodigal son coming home. Um, and, and there's parallels in the scripture. There's over 50 parallels of Jacob in the story of Jacob when he left and when he comes home. I mentioned it in the video you just played. And I, I want to say this real quick because I feel like what I want to preach to you this morning is connected to this. Um, and, and it's about the striving that we get caught up in trying to conjure up revival. And, and I just want to tell you right now that you don't need to beg God for revival. We become revival as we yield to what he's doing, what he's saying, who he is, what he's already accomplished. You know, we've been talking about how we pray prayers that Jesus has already answered. You know, or we pray prayers that are just silly because they are contrary to the word, to the promise that he's spoken, like, God, would you be with me? When he says that I'm going to make my home in you, you're going to be my temple, and I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Okay, so let's stop praying those prayers. Come on, somebody. But the prodigal son returns. Jacob returns. One of the parallels of the 50 plus parallels that we see in these stories is that both are greeted with physical contact. One is greeted with a wrestling match, the other an embrace from a father. And my prayer is when we get this revelation that we don't no longer, we don't have to wrestle with God to try to get him to bless us, but we receive the blessing of his costly love upon our lives. And today, man, I feel like at any time in history right now, the church needs to come alive in the fire of revival more than any time in the world. And, and I've seen this, you know, I, I believe that we should be people that walk in the gifts of the Spirit, but how many know we don't need to be weird to walk in the gifts of the Spirit? Come on, somebody. I think we're way weirder than the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit might be a little wild sometimes, but He's not weird. And we don't, it, being weird doesn't make us more spiritual, by the way. Like when we prophesy, we don't have to say, thus saith the Lord. You don't have to speak King James. Come on, right? You can just say, you know, this is what I feel like God's saying. Bam, just like John demonstrated so brilliantly. Now, there's something, though, about we need revival fire. We need to walk. We need to know who we are and what we carry, and we need to release it. And stop begging God for something he's already pouring out. We need to release what he's given us. Come on. And for us to do what he's called us to do in this region that God has marked this region to be a catalyst for the third great awakening, we've got to get this. One of the reasons I moved across the country is because God called me to be a part of this. 
Some of you are here, God's called you to be a part of it. Some of you all have been living here your whole life praying and knowing that there's something peculiar, there's something God has marked this, this region for a move of heaven that will go across the globe. How many believe it? I believe it's going to hit Europe. Europe will see an awakening. You watch the next 10 years. Europe will see an awakening, and it's going to be catalyst. Part of it will come from a hub of revival right here in this region. It's going to happen. And I remember the Lord showing me an awakening in Europe years ago. And I'm like, man, that's incredible. And, and I didn't even link it that it's going to be connected to the East Coast. But I really believe uh, that we need to stir up that fire of revival inside of us. You know, as a young man, um, I did a lot of crazy things. We were talking about this the other day, my mother-in-law, which, by the way, if you don't know my mother-in-law, she's right here on the front row. Can we just bless her, honor her, thank God for you. She's with us. She comes out and visits. And the first time it was one week, and then she extended it to her for two weeks. Now she just comes out and stays like a month and a half. Come on, somebody. <laughs> mother-in-law, hallelujah. Thank God for mother in grace, my mother in grace, because we're no longer under the law. We're under grace, right? And uh, love you, though. So glad you're here. Uh, but we're talking about all the things that, like, we should have been dead 10 times over. We went where angels feared to tread. Thank God for his grace. And how many did some crazy things in their life, and God still spared you? Amen. I was thinking about the, the fascination I had with fire as a young boy. You know, you, like a campfire. You ever notice a campfire, and you just stare, and just, you know, you're sitting there? Like, it's so captivating. And I remember learning how to light a match. And I'm like, oh, that's cool, you know. And then my friends would light a match, and they'd put it out. They'd put it, and you put it out in your mouth. Did you ever learn how to do that? And then blow the smoke out? I guess I'm, I must be crazy then. And I remember my friends and I used to be like, all right, let's, let's, let's burn some G.I. Joes and just see what happens. You know, we play war. We want it to be realistic. So got a little G.I. Joe. We're like, oh, light them on fire. The plastic's melting, black smoke. Don't breathe it in. It's bad, right? Pl the smell of burnt plastic. One time we're burning something in my uh, gutter in front of my house. And, and we thought, well, what, we might as well just use a little gasoline. Now, listen, don't. Don't look at me like I'm an arson or I never did anything like super crazy. Well, this is super crazy, but you know what I mean by that. So I put a little gasoline, just a little bit, in an empty coffee can. And we started burning stuff. And there's this G.I. Joe, a couple figures like, oh, he's burning. Uh, and I poured the gasoline. Well, the flame just came right up and just all of a sudden the whole can is on fire. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at a, a coffee can of gasoline on fire. So guess what I did? I threw it away. Probably the dumbest thing, but my whole driveway lit up in flames, 12 to 15 feet high. We're like, oh, the hose, it's not working. It's just spreading the fire. God have mercy. Thank you, Lord, that I did not burn myself. I didn't know that one of my neighbors used to work for the arson squad. And so we got a knock on the door a few days later. That was, an, that was a wake up call. I still didn't get it, though. Years later, me and my friends were, we try to be safer. One other story here. Um, we, we realized tumbleweeds are very combustible. So we went to a bridge, underneath the bridge, and uh, we decided to just put a bunch of tumbleweeds together there, put them all together, light them, see what would happen. We figured it'd be fun. And uh, we lit them. And there was probably, I don't know, 25, 30 tumbleweeds. We lit and we ran, and it was like, whew, there was huge piles of smoke out of either side of this bridge. So every car that went by just saw smoke coming up on either side of them. 
And we were so proud of that smoke. Yes! Somebody uh, texted me a word about that, and I'll, I'll share it with you in a minute towards the end of the message about the tumbleweed that goes very good with what I'm sharing. But I've learned over, the, over time, um, you know, I used to smoke cigarettes, by the way. Uh, I don't anymore. Uh, but I remember I was trying to quit smoking. I got saved. I read this testimony about somebody uh, that quit smoking, and they prayed, God, I pray that any time I would smoke a cigarette, I would just get sick to my stomach, and I would not want it anymore. And, uh, and I heard this testimony. I'm like, well, I'm going to pray the same thing. Praise God. And uh, I remember my mom used to smoke cigarettes, and she was trying to quit. And, and I didn't tell her this testimony, but I, I told my sister. I ran down uh, to the basement, and I'm like, I'm like, Heather, my sister Heather, let's pray the prayer of agreement. I had just, I'd been saved like a year. Let's pray the prayer of agreement that anytime mom smokes, she feels sick to her stomach, so she quits smoking. She was like, all right. I'm like, I saw it in a book. This guy did it, and it worked. Praise God. And so we pray the prayer, and then we go upstairs, right? She's out in the backyard smoking, has no idea we're praying this. We said nothing to her. We walk upstairs. She's in the kitchen, leaned over the sink. She's like, ah. And I'm like, what's wrong, Mom? She's like, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to throw up. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Hold on. It sounds bad. But it was just a little prayer. It wasn't like witchcraft or anything. It's not like we cursed her. We just, it wasn't good for her body. Her body rejected it. And she quit smoking after that, man. It's incredible. So I quit smoking, got set free. I'm just thinking of fire, smoke. So I'm going to tell this story too. It's a funny story. So I quit smoking. I had been saved like maybe six months at this point. And I remember I was hanging out with somebody or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to, he left some cigarettes. I'm going to, I'm going to light up a cigarette. I haven't, I haven't had a cigarette in like a year or whatever. And, uh, and so I grabbed the cigarette. I'm driving down the road. If this is not God, <laughs> I'm driving down the road doing about 35 miles an hour. And I roll my window down, this is in Las Vegas, to flick the ash, and a bird poops right on my hand. <laughs> Never smoked again after that. Uh, uh. Okay, God, yes. And you know the Lord's just like, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Commands the bird, <laughs> poop on his hand. <laughs> oh my goodness. Isn't that incredible? I learned, though, that I didn't just like to play with fire. When I got saved, I became a spiritual pyro. I love the fire of God's love. We, as the people of God, should be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need boldness. And I'm not talking about weird stuff. I'm not talking about fringy, charismatic stuff where we're telling people that you're not saved unless you speak in tongues. I believe that God wants us all to have the prayer language, but we should never tell someone that they're not filled with the Spirit if they don't speak in tongues. It's one of the things that happens, but the main thing that happens throughout Scripture is we're endued with power. Power is the evidence that we are clothed with the Holy Spirit and enveloped in the power of the Spirit of God. And the church needs it, man. I've been to way too many gatherings where there's good music and there's good inspirational teaching, but there's no wind of the Spirit on it. I want the wind of the Spirit, man. I won't settle for anything else. And the church right now needs to come alive in the power of God. And if we want to be an influence of revival to this region, we better get this. And we better get that it, we don't have to strive for it, man. We don't have to conjure it up. It's something we're clothed in. It's something that we become. I've learned that you don't have to necessarily have a seeker-friendly church. 
You can have a Holy Spirit-friendly church and be seeker-aware because the Holy Spirit's way wiser than we are. And then we don't have to be weird. We just can be normal, flow in the Spirit. Maybe we dance around, got a little wild in here, but man, we can't contain that praise. Something happens when you just, man, God, you've been so good to me. I'll tell you a story. Uh, early on in our ministry in Las Vegas, we planted a church in a coffee shop. It grew. We started youth group with four kids. And there was a young girl that came. She was the first young youth that was invited to encounter church that, in Las Vegas. And, and she got saved right there, sitting at this table. Four young people, our very first youth gathering. She's weeping and crying and talking about Jesus. And, and she's saying things as if she had known the Lord for years. He just loves me so much. And she's crying. You remember that? Well, this young girl was, got involved in our youth group. Our youth group exploded. Uh, it turned into our living room, tiny living room, packed out with literally, there'd be sometimes more than 50 people packed in our living room. We opened the doors to love. We opened our arms, said, hey, the, the kids would walk over from the projects that were nearby and and some of these kids were fatherless and just broken. They'd come in arrogant and unsaved and, and not believing in God. And they would walk out in tears, just melting before the love of God, before people. And, and we would just feed them nachos. We were smart. We got them there. And nachos were cheap. Big can of cheese, chips, some jalapenos. Come on, somebody. they come in for the nachos, but they really met Jesus there. And, it, and God was moving so profoundly. I, I, two of my dear spiritual sons um, that are in Vegas, uh, they got saved in that youth group too, among other young men and women. But uh, one time, this girl that got saved at our very first youth meeting, Hannah, Hannah wanted to start a Bible club in her junior high school. So she told me, she said, would you come support? I said, absolutely, I'm behind you. Let's do it. So we showed up. I showed up with two of my spiritual sons, Laris and Luis, who both got saved in the youth group. We, uh, we, we actually brought on Rochelle's cousin as a youth pastor, and she's a pretty young girl, and, uh, and we were really smart. She would just drive around in her, uh, in her Mustang and just pick kids up off the street. Hey, you want to go to church? One of these young men that got saved became a spiritual son to me. You know, he's like literally walking down the street. Some pretty girl rolls up with her friend. Hey, you want to go to church? He's like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> got in the car, came to church, got saved. <laughs> Come on, man. Bait and switch. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> he thought he was going to get hollered at and get a date. That's not what happened. So this young girl said, I'm going to start a Bible club. I'm, I'm behind you. Let's go. So we show up. I'm with Laris and Luis. We're sitting in the back room. This little girl gets up. She doesn't know what she's doing. Sometimes that's the best thing. We don't have to know what we're doing. We just have to yield to the, his heart, yield to his presence. Say, God, we trust you. God, I don't have to strive for revival. We can become revival. All we have to do is love with his love and capture his heart for humanity. And the valve of that river of living water just flows through us. So this little girl gets up and she's like, all right, I'm going to talk about Jesus. He's so cool. And these kids are looking at each other. There's probably 25 kids in this classroom in a junior high school, public school in Vegas. And she's like, you know, he changed me. I've been born again. And like, he's really cool. And like, I think she said like, like 15 times. And I'm sitting back there. I'm like, all right, come on. And she's like, and 
Now, I, I want to pray for you. So I'm going to put on worship. She had this tiny little boombox thing. I'm going to put on music and worship, and then I'm going to just come around and pray for you. And these kids are like, what is this girl doing? And she puts worship on, and we're back there. And we're like, Father, do your thing. This, this little girl was tiny, too, and she, she had such a high voice. Jesus loves you. Like, just harmless little girl. Like, how could she bring revival? She's yielded, that's all. And she starts praying for these kids, and I'm not exaggerating. Young men standing at their desk, you know the desk that's connected to the seat? She's going around praying for them. They're falling out under the power of God right on their chair, weeping, <laughs> not even knowing what hit them. Don't even know. I interviewed a young girl afterwards. So tell me what happened. I don't know. God just touched my heart. And I, she's crying. We don't need more seminaries. We need more Hannahs. Now, now listen, I'm all for education. I'm all for that. I love theology, but if our theology doesn't lead us into encounter, it'll just make us more religious. Bill Johnson. We need more courageous, yielded, vessels. We need the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We pray prayers like, come Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's like, I'm right here. God, fill this place. Now, I know what we're praying. We're saying, you're welcome in this place. That, that's a good prayer. Your manifest presence is welcome. Do you know that God is everywhere though? And the only difference, hear me, between the omnipresence of God that he's everywhere and the manifest presence of God, the tangible presence of God that you experience, the only difference is one you're aware of, one you're not. One you experience, one you don't. We're like, fill this place, Lord, would you come and fill this place? Oh, and we're striving and we're on a religious hamster wheel and the Holy Spirit's like, I'm right here. All you have to do is drink and out of your belly will flow. So let's partner and change the atmosphere. Oh, okay. The Holy Spirit's like, I want to use you like a holy pixie stick, and I just want to flow through you, and I want to come out in your flavor. So when you sing and you lead worship, Sarah, Christian, Tim, and all of our worship leaders, I want to come out with your sound. So to the degree that your heart is one with the Lord, he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. And if you're one with him, when you release who you are, you're releasing the Spirit of God. We pray these prayers. It's like, how about we just know what we carry and we go for it? How about we pray, teach me to receive and teach me to give. Teach me to walk in the power and the authority. Teach me to become more aware that you're closer than the air that I breathe and that you want to manifest your power and you want to flow through us like a mighty river. Have you ever noticed that some people are obviously anointed, some not so much? Can we just be honest? Come on, let, I'm saying what everyone thinks sometimes in church. Like, you know, when Sister So-and-So gave that word, man, there was something about it. Like, there was wind on it. There was glory on it. It had substance. Yeah, and then the other one was just, yeah, it was kind of weird. Listen, I've, I've given words sometimes and they're off, right? They don't, they don't have wind on it. Why is it though that, what, is it our merit? How do we pay a price for an anointing? We say that in church. We pay a price for a revival, price for the anointing. What is the cost? The cost is not merit or work. The cost is not Bible bucks. 
I went to Sunday school my whole life, and I am saved, and I am spirit-filled, and I know the word, and I memorize scripture, and I pray, and I am a very good Christian. Praise God. That's not why God anoints you. First of all, know this, that the anointing in the new covenant is, it's not what it was in the Old Testament, that it was temporal, it was temporary, subject to change, and it was provisional. In the New Testament, it's permanent and resident. When he anoints you with oil, when he anoints you with oil, Abdullah, it's permanent. And it's all over your, it's right all over your forehead, man. The oil of heaven. That's why it's so easy to worship. Because he's already branded your heart with encounter. And that's why you're here, son. See, when the Lord anoints you, it's not because you do some merit, some favorable thing. It's just like a marriage. Hear me, hear me. I'm going to say this without sounding chauvinistic. My wife has my name, not because she proved herself a worthy Proverbs 31 woman. Although I was looking for a good Christian girl. Come on, somebody. Spirit-filled. She had to speak in tongues. I, I did have some standards. But you know why she has my name and we're one? Because we fell in love and we fully gave ourselves to one another. The anointing is increased when we fully yield ourselves to the costly love that is poured out upon our lives. I just want to be one with you, Lord. So I yield. It's through our union with him. I want to read you a scripture real quick. It's so profound. Does the scripture mean it? Nothing when it says, the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. James chapter 4, verse 5. But he continues to pour out more and more grace upon us, for it says, God resists when you're proud, but he continually pours out grace when you're humble. So all you have to do is receive. You know, I wear cologne daily. Are you thankful for that? Come on, somebody. And I am sure, praise God. All right. Christians need to go through discipleship hygiene classes along with other practical things. God doesn't want us to stink. Come on. All right. And I smell good. Mmm, Valentino. That's the name of my cologne. Don't buy it because I'm unique. I have my own smell. My wife likes it. That's what matters. But I put cologne on every day, and it's good. We, need, we, we should smell good. We should release. And, and we should release a fragrance, the right kind of fragrance. There's other fragrances you shouldn't release. The ones that young boys do on their sisters, you know, you know whatever. But when you realize that you're one with him, and he's fully given himself, it's that costly love that the father poured out on the prodigal son at the edge of the village, town, when he came home. And it was the costly love that restored him to sonship. It was his response to the costly love. You see, the fragrance of Jesus, that anointing is released when we realize that the anointed one and his anointing is within us. And here's the revelation. Through our union with him, we 
or an alabaster box of anointing oil. It seeps through our pores. It shines through our eyes. We carry His glory. It's revealed through our countenance, our voice. It pours forth out of our hearts like a river. There's a holy fragrance of Jesus released wherever we go. And He manifests through us in every place. This is what Paul says. He diffuses the fragrance of Christ through us in every place. And it's not because we earn it. It's because we fully give ourselves. What is the cost? It's, it's you. It's your life. Michael Culliano says, when you come into the presence of Jesus, you can't take anything with you. Who wants to be a broken open alabaster box of costly oil? The oil that costs is not oil that you earned. It's oil that he put inside of you. And guess what? Ezekiel, uh, Exodus chapter 30 talks about the anointing oil. The anointing oil was compounded with quality spices, but it was always made according to the art of the perfumer. Who's that? Jesus. But each one was different. You have quality spices in your life. Some of y'all are way more spicy. Some of y'all have some, some cinnamon, some cane, some, you know, different spices. The Bible teaches this. God wants oil added to the spice that's on your life, and that's the fragrance that's released. But it's his oil. You don't earn it. You yield to it. So let's walk in the power of the Spirit. Because the fragrance that he releases is through his lovers. Because of intimacy, not because we've worked hard for him. We're sons and daughters. And it's a beautiful surrender. And even surrender is made into a work and an an action. But it's the ceasing of an act. It's surrendering into union. And that's why my wife and I, we have the same name. The kids have the same name. And we pray in the name of Jesus. We're given his name in the being of the essence and the authority of Jesus. And when we pray that, we're literally praying over a place that I'm in him and he's in me. And because we're one, we release heaven. We don't have to strive for revival. We just need to know who we are. And so it's good for us to remember that he fully gives himself to us. And when we reciprocate it, it cannot be undone. It's like super glue. That anointing can be stifled, quenched, grieved. The spirit can be quenched and grieved, but it doesn't go. And so I pray as we close that we would become that alabaster box, that we would break ourselves open and manifest his presence. Can you say amen? Are you ready to fully give yourselves to him and receive that costly love? (laughs) Lift your hands. Come on, he's pouring out costly love right now, the Father's love. (laughs) Oh, Father, in the name of Jesus, we yield our hearts. Would you teach us, Lord? And we come to receive that embrace. We don't need to wrestle with you for a blessing. We need to receive the embrace of your blessing. Compelled by love. Go ahead and just begin to sing out prophetically. Sing out prophetically. The altars are open. We're going to dismiss you in a moment. But if you want that costly love and you want to reply, you want to reciprocate it by giving yourselves fully to him, the altars open. Come. Come and bow down. Come and let him brand your heart with a fresh anointing, fresh oil, a fresh fire. As you come down, man, the Lord's just going to crash in. Hey!
as he begins to sing this and they begin to release this just come flood the altar saints come on receive in Jesus name what can I give Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.